The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us your spirit that we can hear today and we can have our fear healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's a concept in our gospel reading today that we've talked a lot about, especially in the maybe the last half a dozen years. It's really struck me. And here it is in our pericope, in our text for this Sunday. Jesus says, where you put your treasure, there your heart will be. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, Jesus also says, as we heard sung for us today. Well, I want to delve back into that concept, but kick it up a notch even. So let's get the basics of it. Where you put your treasure, there's where your heart will be. This is opposite of the way we usually think about it. You know, we usually think where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. Well, and that's probably true. And then we have just the prevailing word in our culture, in Disney and all the movies, follow your heart. What's your heart telling you to do? But not to be pessimistic, maybe we should first ask, Are you sure your heart's in a good place? You sure you should be listening to your heart? I suppose it depends on where your heart is. But Jesus doesn't say it that way. He says where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is going to be. I'm not so sure I should always follow my heart. (laughs) Jesus calls us to think about where we put our treasure. In other words, what he's saying is that we are not slaves to what our heart wants and desires. Of course, you know, Lutherans have this great doctrine of that we're saint and sinner at the same time, that we have an old Adam and an old Eve and a new Adam. That's the Christ in us and, and the, the new Eve. In other words, we have these dual natures. We have two yous. So you got to depend what's, what part of the heart, what you is speaking when you follow your heart. 
Well, Jesus says, put your treasure somewhere, and that will shape your heart. We're not slaves to what our heart desires. And I have to just stop here and say something Pastor Jonathan and I know have wrestled with for many years with this whole COVID thing. And so when I say what I'm going to say now, please, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are still staying at home because they are at risk with their health or they're in a high-risk area or they're just concerned about giving the virus or receiving it, and I understand that. I am no way criticizing that. So everybody has their own decisions with their health. But I also, I've been so thankful because I know as I listen to my flock, actually it's Jesus' flock, I'm the, what? Sheepdog, that's right. So as I listen and do my little barking, I've been pleased that people have been honest with me, and they've just said, I am out of the habit, Pastor Bill. It's easy for me to stay in my PJs, and usually I just turn on the sermon, watch a little of that, and that's it. Now again, I'm really glad for that, and that there's a place for that, and we'll be live streaming forever. The, the families that are on vacation can worship. People who are homebound can worship. People, one member told me they go home and listen to the sermon again. <laughs> Not because it's so confusing, but it's, it's, it's so good. And they want to get more. So we'll be doing that forever, forever. But I guess I have to say, where you put your treasure, there your heart will be. And at some point in the midst of all the fear of the world and concerns, we've got to remember that, you know, worship is more than just listening to a sermon. It's receiving the supper. It's being with the people of God. And so I just, I have, I have to touch on that gently, graciously, but I have to hold that up because Jesus says where you put your treasure, there's where your heart's going to be. In other words, our time, talent, and treasure, what we do with that dictates what we love. Mark Allen Powell, and I know I've said this before, Mark Allen Powell said he had a, he's a New Testament scholar um, at Trinity Lutheran Seminary, and he said early in my parish ministry when I was a parish pastor, a woman came to me and said, Pastor, I want to love God more. I want to love God more. And he said, I'd never had anybody ask me that before. How do I love God more? And he didn't know what to say. As he reflects now, he says, I know what I would say now. I would say, give God more. Where you put your treasure, there your heart will be. But like I said, I want to kick this concept. You've heard me talk, everything I've said just now, you've heard me say dozens of times, even if you don't know it. I want to kick it up a notch because I ultimately am not sure if our treasure is really what we do. Whether it come to worship, of course, coming to worship is a part of something. It's, I don't know that it's what we do. I think maybe our greatest treasure, where we put our treasure, is what God does for us. And then what we trust, what we listen to. I'm pretty sure that when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God as a treasure, he's talking about what God has done for us. Not necessarily what we do. Maybe not what we do, but what we hear and what we listen to. And what do we hear today from God? An amazing promise. 
the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Word made flesh, the one through whom everything, all those universes and galaxies that we're seeing now with the new telescope, all of the infinite worlds, it would seem, all the, the vastness of creation, the one through whom everything came into being, and the one who created each individual here today, says to you, and to me, and to us as the body of Christ, have no fear, little flock. Have no fear not. Do not be afraid, little flock. Turn to someone next to you and say, do not be afraid. Turn the other way and say, do not be afraid. That's what Jesus says. That's what Jesus says. Ann Landers, who some of us remember, and if you're younger and you don't know that name, she was someone that wrote a column in the paper and people would write in with problems and questions and struggles and she just seemed to have this great wisdom about her and, and people would write in and then she would respond and it was just a staple of pretty much every newspaper for a long time. It's reported that, um, uh, that the newspaper counselor or the editor or someone who was very much involved with her articles, um, asked her the question one time, what is the biggest and what is the most pervasive problem that people write to you about? And her reply was simple, people are afraid. They're afraid of losing their health, their wealth, their loved ones. People are afraid of life itself, she said. Boy, fear has always been a problem, but it's even more so today as it seems like the powers that be have figured out that the way to get you to vote a certain way, the way to get you to tune into a, a, a TV show and the way or and news shows too, especially, is to freak you out. It's to play on your fears. It's a huge motivating force. I think the source of all the fear today, though, is uncertainty. We are told in our modern and postmodern world that there isn't really anything that you can bank on, that you can count on, that's for certain. I know I was taught this when I went to school 40 years ago in my philosophy class. There's nothing that's certain. All you can do is think and wonder and ponder and all those things that you used to put your faith in, that Sunday school faith that, you know, God is in Christ and Jesus loves you and God created the world and all this. And, and the whole world of knowledge comes rushing in and says, ah, no, you can't be certain about that. You can't depend on that. <laughs> well, so now in our world, we have a uh, have to have a faith that is accompanied by questions and doubts, and there's something that's really good about that. I don't deny that, and actually, I don't ever want you to leave your brain at the door in this church. But I do want you to recognize that there are limits to those gray cells. 
Think about Abraham in our first reading. I love this text. He's, he hears another promise from God. Did you notice the word of God came to Abraham or to Abram at this point in the story? Now, he'd been promised that he would have a child, that he would have descendants that outnumbered the sand on the shore and the stars in the heavens. What does he have when God tells him this? He has nothing. He is married. Sarah, well, I won't say nothing, but very little. Sarah is old. He is old. They're, They're past the time of having a child. There's just no way. And God comes and says the promise again, and Abraham says, come on, I I don't even have any descendants except for this other solution that we came up with. But, I mean, it's like we got nothing. And God just reiterates the promise. Believe it. And Abraham believes, and he's reckoned righteous, we're told. You see, we too can look at God and say, God, you've promised us these things, but there's all these problems, there's all these issues. How can it be true? We don't have anything certain to hang on to. It doesn't seem like your will is going to be done. You've told us that the kingdom is ours, you're going to give us the kingdom, but we don't see it. And so God, if you were to read on in Genesis God makes a ceremony with Abraham and Sarah. He, and Abraham, as he's sleeping, he sees this vision, and all these animals are cut, and he cut, Abraham's told to cut these animals in two and put them there, and it's kind of weird to us. We're like, what's going on here? And then in his vision, as he's dreaming, he sees God, who is the flaming firepot, pass through the cut-up animals, the animals that are divided. Now, that was a, a covenant making ceremony in those days. In other words, if I break this covenant, let what happened to those animals happen to me. It's talk about signing on the dotted line. I know when I signed my mortgage the first time, it was like, ah! Well, God signs on the dotted line. I promise! That's the way God deals with our fear and our wondering, is God gives us a promise. And I have the greatest job in the world today, because I get to tell you that promise again. I get to just reiterate what Jesus, the one who created everything, the most powerful person, God, you know, the second person of the Trinity in the, in the entire created world says, have no fear. It's the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes, all those, the world's voices come in. You better freak out. You better lose it. You better go. And Jesus says, have no fear, little flock. I've got you. I get to tell you that. And you might be saying, well, who are you, Pastor Bill? I get to tell you that because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the third day. The one who said this was raised from the dead. That was done so that you could trust and you could have certainty in this uncertain life. A Japanese soldier by the name of Shoki Yoki lived in a cave on the island of Guam to which he fled in 1944 when the tides of the war began to change. Fearing for his life, this man stayed hidden for 28 years in a jungle cave, coming out only at night. During this long period of time, his self-imposed hermit, this self-imposed hermit lived on frogs and other things which I won't even go into. He had carried a pair of trousers and a jacket from a burlap, 
burlap-like cloth made from tree bark. Yoki said that he knew the war was over because the leaflets had been scattered throughout the jungles of Guam. But he was afraid that if he came out of hiding, he would be executed. Finally, two hunters came upon him and told him that he need not hide any longer. At last, he was free. And with new clothes to wear and food to eat, he was taken by plane to his home. People of God, you can come out of hiding. It's a scary world. And if it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have had to say, fear not. But God has come looking for you today. And he's found you. And God says, have no fear. I've got you in my hands. You may be worried about who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You may be worried about what's going to happen with your job this week. You may be worried about that diagnosis. You may be worried about what will happen through the treatments. You may be worried about this and that. You may be worried that you're not physically able to get around like you used to. You, there's so many. You may be worried about how is this going to play out in this you know, what's going on in your life, but I just want you to know today that you can come out of the cave of those worries. God in Christ has you in his hands. Have no fear, little flock. That's what Jesus says. Where are you going to put your treasure? (laughs) Keep hearing that promise. Cling to it. Hold on to it with all your might which is what the Holy Spirit will do for you. Amen. Have no fear.
Let us now respond to the Word and keep proclaiming the Word in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, pour out your spirit that we can trust your promise each day that fear not, fear not enslave us and dictate our lives. Bring us the assurance that you have us and our future in your hands, both as church and as individuals. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For an end to the war in Ukraine and peace in our world. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our government, local, state, and national. Give those elected discernment and guidance. Put an end to self-serving ways. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, we continue to pray for those suffering and those bringing aid in the aftermath of the flooding in Kentucky. We pray for all those displaced by wildfires, for those fighting those fires, including our own Kai Keller. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for the church-wide assembly of the Evangelistic Church in America happening this week. We pray for your leading that the church stay centered on proclaiming the life-giving gospel of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, bless all our homes and family with rest in the coming weeks before school starts up again in September. Be with all those traveling or vacationing. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God, we pray for Ava Ferber as she heals from uh, a car accident. We give thanks she's okay and, and pray for her continued comfort and strength. Um, we pray, Lord, for Randy Fossum and family and the death of his father, Don, a retired ELCA pastor, and so we pray for consolation for them. Um, God, we continue to pray for all those who are dealing with COVID, um, and especially those who have long-term effects of COVID. We pray for Warren Miller as he recovers from gallbladder surgery, and God, we pray for Zoe Sandsgard as she recovers from surgery and give thanks that biopsy shows no chance of cancer, even while they're not sure about this um, mass. And so we pray for her continued healing and support. We pray for Jonathan and Karen and Jaden. Give thanks that Jonathan can be with her with, at home today and support her. Um, God, we, so we pray that Zoe will know our love and care this day. Um, God, we pray for Les Peterson as he's now moved to Northwoods, and we pray for his continued healing. Um, we pray for Audrey Klein um, uh, in, her, in hospice care. Um, hold her indeed in your care. Um, we pray for Willem Rubenstein as he anticipates uh, tonsillectomy this week. And God, we remember Bob, our Usher Bob 
uh, Bob Breen, who fell this week and um, is healing. Uh, we give thanks, no broken bones, but we pray that you'll uh, heal those wounds and help him to know that we miss him and we're praying for him and we love him. God, we pray for the others who are recovering from surgery, for Paul, Gabby, Ursula, Jim, Carolyn, and Jill. Um, God, we pray for all those who are facing and battling cancer, and we pray for our deployed military in support and their families, and all those on our continued prayer list and those that we bring to you now in this time. Lord, in your mercy. And now as we come to your table, Lord, a covenant promise. As we receive this meal, we pray that we would receive that promise in bread and wine and that we do not have to fear that you have us in your hands and that you have forgiven us our sins and are with us always to the end of the age. And so we pray all of this trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with those around you. Peace, peace the Lord, Ray. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> you were. You go up. I just did. I followed. As we finish up sharing the peace, um, I want to remind you to pass those um, little uh, black friendship pads down the aisle. If you're a guest of ours, that's a great place for you to let us know you're worshiping today. Uh, members, we do this just because we care about you. Um, we want to know that you're in worship, so, um, so if you can list your name there as well. And at home, if you can fill out a Connect card occasionally, we'd love that. You can send us uh, a prayer request, let us know you worshiped. Give us some feedback on the sermon, whatever you want, whatever you want. We'd love it. Questions? Let's use those Connect cards to stay connected. Um, let's see. So, um, a few announcements, and don't forget our church app as well. Um, keep plugging into that. It's changing all the time to keep you connected. So, Ride for Refugees is coming up on August 20th, and we definitely, as we host this event for all the churches in our area for Lutheran Community Services, um, that's going to be benefiting refugee resettlement um, in our area in particular, um, please step forward and let Katie Shaw know that you can help. Um, there's kitchen help, there's all kinds of volunteers that we need for that event, so it's a great way to love your neighbor um, and step up to do that. Ladies, a couple of cool events. Um, a ladies' night out um, this week. Uh, Trisha, Trish Puebla is going to teach greeting card making, uh, stamped greeting cards. So that's mom's night out. Um, so you want to check that out. And then mom, I'm sorry, ladies' night out. And then mom's uh, 
night out out at Luther Haven Sunset Paddle on Thursday. So you check that out in your beacon. And then this week is the last family night out at Luther Haven. So it should be a great week for that. I hope you'll jump into that. All right. So now we'll receive our offering in-house as we have our offertory music.
Thank you for the gift today, Adrian, very much. Please stand. Create in me a clean heart and renew right spirit in me. Cast me not Let us pray. Creator God, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. With thankful hearts, we return a portion of your good gifts and come to your table hungry for the true body and blood of Christ, that we might be strengthened to be for the world a sign of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened us to us the way of eternal life and a life without fear. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. We remember how in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to all, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And we pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us in the breaking of this bread as you once revealed yourself to your disciples. You may be seated and come forward as the ushers direct. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God. If you're a guest of ours, there's words of hospitality to the supper on page 10 in your worship folder. Okay, so we're going to keep this here. The body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ.